0: hey guys what's up it is week 340 i got a handful of reviews for you and a huge kind of question of the week i asked finally asked a question of the week and i got a lot of responses on youtube and um facebook so uh just to let you guys know i uh have a liver biopsy uh tomorrow i'm recording this thursday so uh you know i uh it should be it's nothing i don't think serious honestly it's probably something that can be taken care of from my understanding uh i usually don't share this kind of information um also i've been going through a lot of stuff so um you know i don't really know What's going to happen in the general future on the show and anything like that. You know, it it is what it is. And uh, I'll keep you guys updated. All right. But let's hop into the reviews. And the first one up is The Lost. And they say right on here, a modern day, last house on the left, bloody disgusting. I wouldn't argue with that, although that was in 2006. So this is actually directed by uh, Chris uh, Silverston, who worked with Lucky McKee. They worked on each other's movies, produced each other's movies and stuff. And it stars Mark Center, has a couple kind of old school ro- uh, indie horror royalty, and Misty Monday and Ruby Lil Rock in the very beginning of this one. And this is based off a Jack Ketchum novel. So, you know, Jack Ketchum um, passed away probably about... I don't even know, maybe five to seven years ago. And he wrote a lot of kind of really intense horror novels like The Girl Next Door, um, cover, um, what is the, red, a lot of stuff, pretty good stuff. I, I was a pretty big reader of his and The Lost was one of his best books for sure so this movie when it came out i really enjoyed it i covered it on the old uh the the, a while back a few years back somebody picked it for a patreon pick and i was happy to do it because i'm a fan of the film and the mark center so this one uh essentially is kind of a retelling uh the book is a retelling kind of based on a couple people but what do they call it the pied piper of uh uh, tucson i think was the guy and he was kind of a mass murderer and and whatnot and this kind of based the character of ray pie in here on that character so the original blu-ray from anchor bay um it was take, It was kind of like an upscale almost from the DVD, and it was uh, bare bones. It's like they took all the special features off it and just put it out on Blu-ray. So it was kind of a, a almost a downgrade from the DVD besides picture quality, but this picture quality on the new Ronin Flix Blu-ray looks really good. It's a brand new 2K remaster from a 4K scan of the original camera negatives completed by Ronin That's excellent. Um Sorry? <coughs> Like I said, I am a big fan of the movie. I'm a big fan of the dialogue, the way it's edited, the way it's got a certain style about it. Kind of got like this crime aesthetic, how it's edited and just bizarre almost like a lot of people say natural born killers. It does have a Tarantino flair. So it follows this character in Mark Center, who in the very beginning, he murders these two women. And that's kind of like the the darkest, dirtiest thing he's done, but he's an awful person. He's like an older guy that hangs around younger kids and, and basically gives them drugs and sleeps with all the girls. And he's just a compulsive liar as often, you know, uh, you know, degenerate kind of criminals are their entire life. So there's a lot of side characters in here. It kind of focuses on three characters that Ray is obsessed with as well. His kind of long-term girlfriend that he treats like crap. Excellent performance by her. I can't think of her actress's the actress's name. Um, it also focuses on a, a rich girl that Ray has a small relationship with that actually. Um, her mother has passed away, and they have this kind of small relationship, and Ray kind of tells her some things he shouldn't. And finally, this uh, this really sweet girl that is actually dating a police officer who's old enough to be her father. Her father's played by Richard Riley, a great character actor, or Richard Reilly, I think it is. For great character actor. You guys would see him pop up in stuff like Hatchet and uh, Mysterious Skin and Grounded for Life. He was in a TV series like that. Good small performance. But the, the police detective, the retired one, is Ed Lauder, classic character actor, one of the best worked with charles bronson several times um he's in magic he's in death wish 3 he's in true romance he's in so many films uh excellent actor excellent performance here too and his ex partner because he's retired now is michael bullen who also turns in a top-notch performance a few weeks ago i i talked about him in dead girl and he's hilarious in that movie i wish i was 15 i'm 17 I wish I was 15. He's great in that. He's even better in this. Um, he's He knows who Ray Pie is, and he believes that he is the one who killed the two girls in the beginning, so he's constantly stalking and grilling him. So that dialogue is always so good, and, and Michael Bowen's just perfect at going from polite and funny and jovial to very serious and intimidating, and he does that a lot with Ray. Uh, Mark Center holds his weight really well with these kind of heavier, these bigger actors, you know what I mean, like Michael Bowen and, and stuff like that. He's right up there on the level. He has a lot of scenes with him. But uh, this movie actually becomes incredibly violent, as a lot of films did in the early 2000s from America, you know. Um, Lucky McKee behind it, that's no surprise. He would go on to make, like, the woman he's producing this. So it has that kind of woman, you know, kind of feel, like May almost, like a certain kind of aesthetic, which I really like. I think this would make a great double feature with the woman, uh, which is also a Jack Ketchum story, or even um, Dead Girl, which came out a few years later. But I have to take my hat off to this release. You know, it looks good. It sounds good. The old opening with the tracking shot and the ray ray walking and stuff. It's just something that's amazing. And and, and like I said, this is a time that uh, somebody did call me out on this because I mentioned how much I didn't care for the Last House Remake, and they said, "You know what? This this time in film was kind of crazy because honestly, it was some of the most violent, gory stuff being put towards the mainstream." Now, Lost isn't 100% mainstream, but the Lost has a mainstream, more mainstream aesthetic than a lot of stuff you would see that that's that's harsh, especially nowadays. So, like you're looking at it and I'm, as Terrifier 2 gets released in theaters, but as you're talking about it, you got stuff like Hatchet 1 and 2 and and stuff like that, you know, Saw movies coming out in hostile, and and a lot of violent stuff, and, and and like special effects, and this movie has a ridiculously high kill count towards the end, it becomes kind of a kill spree movie, a spree killer film, and it's intense, it's not exactly like the book, uh, the book has a different ending, of course, and some different things happen the book's great, if, you, if you're a fan of Jack Ketchum I recommend, or the movie, reading it but uh, yeah, this has also got a slew of features on here, which are well worth your time um, so here we go, we have a new audio commentary with director Chris uh, Uh, um, what is it, Silvertson and producer Lucky McKee. That's really good. I love that they mentioned how they found Misty Mundane. They basically saw those independent movies. They said they grew up on those EI movies when they were getting an alternative independent. And I did too. So that's kind of cool. And I'm here talking about the movies and they're out there making them. So, hey. Um, And then we have archival audio commentary Jack Ketchum, moderated by writer Monica O'Rourke. And new interviews with cast member Mark Center. Love seeing that. He looks great too. He's got to be up, you know, close to 40. Um, Robin Sidney and Shay Astar. those are all really good really interesting uh, Mark Center was really good um, Audition Tapes Outtake Storyboard Sequence Original Jack and Jill Short Film by Chris Severtson and you'll notice that because that one pops up in May it's uh, if you the one uh, video that um who's that actor that shows May um the the sh- the short film he made that's that's actually the film that they show so you can watch it and it's in its entirety but this is a great film if you like these kind of almost extreme crazy films I really recommend it um, great soundtrack too great aesthetic and the original book I think takes place in the fifties so like it's not exactly a fifties movie but it definitely doesn't it's not a period piece but it has a certain flair to it that's the lost great stuff okay the next one here is from Jess Frank. And this is a full moon release, and this is Blue Rita. Now, I know there was some controversy about this cover. Somebody said that they took that, and it's not actually an official cover. I don't know anything about that, except that I heard some rumblings about that. So, this is produced by Erwin Dietrich, who did Jack the Ripper. There's on here, produced Jack the Ripper with uh, Klaus Kinski. And is that a Just Franco too? I'm not 100%. I, I think it might be. But, uh, Blue Rita. So, 77, Franco is a movie-making machine. He makes so many movies a year. Blu-ray is one that I hadn't seen. Uh, first thing I popped in, I thought it, they remastered the Blu-ray. It looked really good. No subtitles. A little disappointed, but the dialogue's a little cheesy. So, this plot is nonsense. If you guys seen, what is the girl from Rio, you know, that has like an espionage kind of spy, like, tinge to it in, in Franco world, this does too. This does have that kind of spy stuff, but it's not as complicated. It's a lot less, you know, big and well-acted. There's some really poor dubbing, which is actually comical, so okay, here we go. We have this I guess international group of women that are like kind of like um, you know like uh, strippers. Um, Blue Rita is the leader. And what they do is they kidnap like diplomats or or double agents or boxers, anybody that could possibly have a lot of money or access to a lot of money or has something that they want. They kidnap them, they, they tie them up naked in this dungeon and they grill them and yell at them. And then they dump this green slime on them. Kid you, not green slime, green slime, but not that kind of green slime that makes them sexually like frustrated and incredibly horny. And then they torture them by kind of writhing around above them and whatnot. So yeah, it's basically that there's a lot of that of course one of the girls kind of falls for somebody that is captured and there's double agents and double crossing it's all really silly and softcore and and just basically a reason to show a bunch of girls naked and and be a dominatrix kind of deal there it's all right if it's your thing it's kind of funny i didn't mind it the dubbing made me laugh out loud because there's just stuff that they say is just absolutely terrible he's just like ah oh, let me have sex with her it's just like oh i can't believe this like i can't i would just love to sit in on the dubbing session the guys reading the the lines and everybody's like, that's good. That sounds good. We're gonna, we're gonna roll it, print it. That's great. But uh, there's a point where this guy has a heart condition and he screws a woman until he has a heart attack. All sorts of nonsense. The set designs are really bizarre. There's an entire room with all plastic furniture. Something that Jess Franco would do. Everything is like that. It's just absolutely weird and and, and kitsch and all that kind of stuff here. So if you're a fan of, you know, Franco, I can't show you the inside of that. Uh, a lot of nudity. There's a lot of sex in here. There's a lot of characters. And if it's up your alley check it out there's a lot of jazz kind of club bands and everything like that i know that franco he was a jazz fan if i'm not mistaken i think venus and furs has a big kind of jazz kind of oriented thing involved with it so yeah blue rita looks good has a dvd as well so if, if you're a fan of franco then check it out you could do a lot worse for uh, full moon or franco or you know euro cult cinema from this time Okay, this is probably one of the most bizarre releases that On Earth Films ever put out. And this is from the On Earth Classics line number 13 here. Unlucky number 13. And this is Full Body Massage by Nicholas Rogue. Nicholas Rogue did stuff like Eureka and Don't Look Now. So a bizarre time walkabout. A bizarre title for... Nicholas Rogue to direct, and a bizarre title for on-Earth films to release. So this stars, of course, Brian Brown from stuff like Cocktail and FX and Mimi Rogers, who is a knockout in this movie. She's kind of an older woman, but she's in in this, and she's like middle-aged, perfectly cast, still incredibly attractive. So here's basically the plot, and you're going to say that's the plot, but it gets a little bit more complicated. There's a lot of dialogue. So um, Mimi Rogers is this really kind of uh, business-oriented woman. She's got a high-stress kind of job, everything like that. She seems to be well-off, and every week she has her personal masseuse come in and give her a massage. This time around, he's not there. She's already starting to fantasize about it. He's a younger man, and you can tell that she's she's into him. There's a thing there, maybe a little bit more than a massage. Not full-out sex, but just a little bit more than a massage, and she has these feelings for him. So, Brian Brown ends up showing up, and he's he's her, he's her his replacement and he's an older guy and he's just kind of at first he's really kind of abrupt but strange you know uh, esoteric philosophical all these kind of things here starts asking her questions and they start to argue almost and talk and and really kind of dive underneath the surface and we start to see flashes of her feelings toward you know this guy this masseuse and and then we also start to see flashes of brian brown's past with his um relationship that he had and a relationship that she had and we can kind of see all these kind of deep meanings and we're kind of getting into this point where we see these kind of things pop up that are like these kind of philosophical messages and things like that all about kind of massages so we can see that a massage is not just a relaxation of the muscles it's kind of a relaxation of the soul maybe diving deep underneath the surface and seeing really all these things that you have stress for and you have longing all these kind of things in there and kind of releasing them maybe it's even cathartic for the guy giving the massage at this point but that's pretty much the movie. It's a it's a solid movie. I mean, it's well acted. There's tons of nudity. I mean, maybe Rogers bears it all. She walk, and you see everything. So, I mean, if that's what you're looking for, it's definitely kind of, um, you know, it was one of these 90s, like, felt like a TV movie, kind of softcore deals that you'd see on uh, Skinamax, but it's directed by, like, a world-class director. So he's like, I'm going to direct the shit out of this. I'm going to write the shit and get a good script. So it's kind of turned into something else, much more than that, if that makes any sense, from kind of like a, an Artur directing just a a 90s softcore erotic kind of thing that people would you know rub one off to but directed by somebody that cares a little bit more than that and wants to make something different and special in that i guess is what you'd say full body massage is but that's kind of exactly what you're getting here so basically the the features are a new 2k scan a tv version stills galleries and trailers so that's full body massage from on earth films there is subtitles it looks pretty good and uh, yeah check it out if it sounds like it's up your alley Okay, this one's kind of interesting. You know what? This is a movie that I probably passed by a dozen times and never registered even what it was. But this is 2015. This is a 4K released by Arrow Films. And this is uh, Michael Mann's Black Hat. So, uh, this has Chris Hemsworth in it, of course. So, uh, this is a bizarre one. This is a real bizarre film. It looks great, I must say, on 4K. It sounds great. There's a lot of explosions. a lot of, And this is a weird thing. You remember in the 90s, there was all these, like even late 80s techno thrillers where they're doing the internet like the net and all this kind of shit. Hackers it's like everybody's doing the internet and all this technology and stuff like this. This is kind of like the modern equivalent to that, although it is, you know, eight years old already, which is crazy to think. It still feels a little bit modern because this shit's happening right now or, or these you got these terrorists that hack into companies and, and hold them hostage for money or whatnot. So essentially what we have here is... Um, there's this company that's hacking in and blowing things up and doing all these kind of devastating things, and nobody really knows why they're doing it. China and United States are working together to try to figure this out, and they have this Chinese agent and his sister and a couple of American agents, and one of the American agents is um, the guy from Criminal Minds. He's in Creepshow 2. He's in um, Nightmare Alley, the remake, Del Toro's Nightmare Alley. I can't think of his name. He's a good actor, very good, love this guy. But uh, he's kind of having a resurgence in the last 10 years, and that's very nice to see. So Chris Hemsworth's uh, master hacker kind of deal whatnot of course and he's in this federal kind of prison high you know uh, rank like high maximum security prison Uh, typical right they're like we know you can help us and he's like I want a deal. I want to catch this guy. I get out. It's very kind of the deal, right? Like, you've seen it a million times, Escape from New York, right? Uh, so, basically, he agrees to do it. They eventually agree. He hooks up the Asian guy. The Asian cop and him know each other. So, what happens is they kind of start to infiltrate and figure out what the hell is going on. There's a lot of, you know, high uh, high action moments, and there's a lot of, like, images of, like, people hacking into computer systems and stuff like that and figuring out the mystery, but eventually it all leads to this kind of terrorist organization that's, that's pretty crazy. And, obviously, ran by kind of who you would expect in this kind of situation here. The main kind of baddie and everything is kind of dead on the nose, I guess, in a, in a, in a kind of movie like this, I would say. But, uh, and then, uh, yeah, there's some good action in here, and there's some really kind of crazy moments later on in the film. A lot of characters do get killed, which is kind of shocking, surprising. It's a well made action film by Michael Mann. What can you say? I mean, the dude shoots shoot, shootouts like no other if anybody's not ever seen Heat and stuff. The guy's a master at what he does. So, all that stuff is great, right? All the action is great. And, you know, the dialogue is fine. The story is fine. But, It's also just kind of a lot of jargon about computers and and hacking and people arguing and For the runtime over two hours, two hours and like 20 minutes. Um, What is it? It's an hour and 32 minutes. So we're like looking at um, an hour and like an hour and 14, uh, two hours and 14 minutes. That's a bit long. It does kind of wear its welcome out when we're talking about, you know, a lot of that jargon. But at the time, I'm sure it was deeply fascinating. But now in 2015, I mean, 2023, we're just living it. We hear news stories like this all the time, which means maybe this movie needs some props for that and it should. But there's three cuts on here. We have the original U.S. cut, the international cuts are both on 4K. But now we have a two, disc to the director's cut. And this is Michael Mann's director's cut, and it has it's only on Blu-ray. But this is for the limited edition only. But as far as the special features, here we have Dolby Vision HDR10 compatible for both U.S. and international cuts. Original loss was 5.1 audio. A Brand new audio commentary by critics Brian Reisman and Max Irby. Firewall, brand new interview with cinematographer Stuart Drybar. Drybaro, Zero Day Threat, brand new video interview with production designer Guy Hendrix. Dias, the cyber threat on location around the world and creating reality. Three archival behind-the-scenes featurettes on the making of the film. And Image Gallery, so if you like this film, check it out. Um, I enjoyed it, you know. It's not something that I would revisit too much, but if I wanted to see some kind of high-paced, loud blow-action shootouts and stuff. I would check it out. Those are all good in here. Alright guys, we're going to happen to those 1981 movies.
1: Woe be unto him who opens one of the seven gateways to hell, because through that gateway, evil will invade the world. Sometimes day is a curse that'll live on and on, and no one will know as the years come and go of the horror from long time ago. In this little town, when the 14th comes round, there's a silence and fear in the air. Remember the morn that the legend was born, all the shock. And the horror was there Oh, the legend they say On a valentine's day Is a curse that'll live on and on And no one will know As the years come and go Of the horror From long time ago And no one will know As the years come and go Of the horror From long time ago
0: okay. The first one up is, I should just put a a pronunciation up here to how to do it. Uh, Para Rot Dash Amiri, which is also called, like, Yarshi the Giant, the evil giant, which is weird because there was this kind of, like, bootleg place, like, vomit bag or something that used to sell all these crazy bootlegs, and they'd always make it out, all these ones that make it out the most violent, crazy thing. It's like the most gory, violent, eye-ripping movie. You're like, Yarshi the Giant, or the evil giant, something like that, or the evil one. So I gotta see that. So, like, when I realized it was 81, and i I'm like, where the, where the fuck is this on my master list? I can't find this anywhere. And then eventually I found it had an alternative name. And it's a, it's a Thai film. And it's uh, of Pari Ratamari Miri. And it had no subtitles. So here we go. This is a two hour and, and 14 minute Thai film in Thai. And I'm like, well, maybe I can do the AI-generated subtitles. Boy, oh boy. So here we go. A two-hour and 14-minute movie that's very regional and very fantastical that follows all these kind of things with AI subtitles, me trying to understand it. Okay, so... Basically what we have here is some sort of evil giants or these mystical people kidnap these 12 women and they keep them in this kind of contained place. Alright? And it, and I'm not going to get into too much details here. They have these characters that can grow and shrink. And one is almost played as comical relief. And he, he grows breast and he actually feeds a child at one point with his breast. Really bizarre. Um, there's a whole scene where it kind of veers off and there's a giant cockfighting scene which is is, is kind of odd. Um, and this chicken almost seems magical. This rooster seems magical to people. They're all after the rooster. And then there's at this time where there's like a mother and fa- a son fighting about things. And everybody keeps saying, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill you. Uh, don't kill me. I'll kill me. And I think that there's a translation issues and everybody's going to the police station. I'm going to tell the police officials, but this seems like a period piece. So I'm like, that must mean the magistrate or some king or I don't know. I don't know, because these AI subtitles on the base model are just not that great. But uh, So I watched it anyways. There's some weird moments here. Like I said, there's a couple kind of crazy moments um, that come out of left field. Like They hype this up to be incredibly violent, and at first you're like, this is just a fantasy comedy kind of almost kaiju thing where they're growing and shrinking, and I'm sure it's interesting if you know the stories. It almost seems like a... Like kind of an old myth or something along the lines. But at one point, you know, one of the kind of evil ones needs eyeballs. So they go pluck all the girls' eyes out. And I was like, what are we even doing here at this point? So we have a jar of eyes. And I'm just like, that was way dark. And one of the, I'm spoiling this. So it's on YouTube if you want to watch it. One of the women is actually pregnant. And she gives birth. And all these blind women down in this pit are starving. So they rip the baby apart and eat it. And I was like, that is completely out of line for this movie. Maybe it's played differently when you watch it with the correct subtitles. But I was just like, geez, Louise, man, that was rough stuff. But um, there's a lot of just incredibly goofy stuff incredibly weird stuff. Um, it feels like kind of an Indonesian movie and a, a Bollywood movie all at the same time. But it's not. It runs too long. Um, I don't know how to rate this because I couldn't 100% follow it but it is a weird one Yarshi the, G- the Giant uh, check it out if it sounds like it's up your alley it's on YouTube okay the next one here is from Japan and this is called Summer of Demon or Summer of Evil I think it has two names possibly and this is based off the classic ghost story they made a version of it in 1959 1962 around that time and it's, it's a classic tale that's been done it's the ghost story that's been adapted the most in Japanese kind of films um, I think close to 30 times and uh, yeah so this is basically the story of kind of a, a guy who is is with this woman and it's a period piece of course and he gets an argument with her father and he decides to kill him and at the same time somebody else waiting for another person to come out kills the wrong person and these two look at each other and they say we just murdered two people we're in this together let's hide these bodies and blame a rival gang So that's kind of what happens here. The guy who killed the father of his wife swears vengeance on this gang. He swears up and down. Um, While the guy that he knows that helped him cover this up is in love with the girl's sister i believe and she's a prostitute if not if i'm understanding this i'm not 100 percent sure exactly what is going on here but as he swears allegiance to this uh to to his wife to get revenge for something that he did against the rival gang the rival kind of gang and they're not gangs you know like kind of people whatever you know village or whatever the rival kind of leader of that has his eye on him to marry his daughter and he starts to kind of make plans towards to get rid of that guy's wife. So what happens is she gets brutally scarred and through tragic circumstances a lot of people end up dead but this guy basically he cannot and it's really his fault a lot of people end up dead here and all these people that are dead are haunting him everywhere he looks he sees the disfigured face of his wife that's kind of the story here and there's also the whole catalyst of the story in the very beginning here is that this this kind of this ro- Ronin or he kind of uh, this this Ronin that's on retainer as, 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 as is this guy um, kind of just left his wife which I think is the sister's uh, you know the prostitute she became a prostitute because of he just left her i could be misinterpreting some of this i mean it's a it's a kind of a crazy story and there's different variations of it everywhere so yeah there's a there's a high um, number of people that end up dead it's almost like a shakespearean story really if you look at it in a lot of ways but it's a ghost story and japan's really good at those kind of ghost stories it's a classic one about a disfigured face all this kind of stuff and and it, like i said i think the 62 version is probably the more popular one but this one is okay from 81 and i'm glad i watched it another piece of that puzzle to understand kind of japanese culture a little bit but yeah summer of uh summer of demon um i think that it's kind of interesting to see the the japanese movies from this year like samurai reincarnation summer of summer of demon um pig chicken suicide and of course um island of evil spirits okay the next one here this is going to be a mouthful this is uh taika dao yatsuda kaidan the anime and this is from 81 I used AI subtitles again, and they were absolutely horrible for this. So it's lucky that this is based off the same source material as Summer of Demon. Right, these are all the same story. So we had two in the same year, but this time it's an anime version. So here we go. Now this one is kind of told like that. This old man on stage, and he's talking, and he's sweating, and he's acting it out. And then we kind of have the anime ca- happening at the same time. We'll cut back to him sometimes. We'll hear his narration over the voice. So this is the same story, just more simplified. Um, so we kind of cut out the kind of uh, prostitute or the geisha. Or not geisha not prostitute, but you know what I mean. The kind of prostitute woman uh, kind of thing here. So what we have is the typical story of this guy. Wanted to get rid of his wife, and he poisons her, and she gets scarred up, and he's haunted by her. That's kind of the story that happens here. And he pays. Um, in the original story, he wants to pay that one scoundrel to rape his wife so he can honorably walk away from her. But he won't do it. This one, he basically pays somebody else to scar her. This guy is haunted by it, and he ends up killing him, and he ends up being haunted by all these people. And so, like this one is more straightforward. It's like 45 minutes, so we get right into the action. It doesn't really stall. But watching this kind of helped me understand the story a little bit better even if the subtitles were absolutely garbage. Um, But overall, it's an interesting look. It's a nice animation because it's kind of, Jeremy looked at it for a second and said, you know, it looks old school and kind of uh, new modern anime. So it's like a mixture of both. And I like the storytelling aspect on stage. So anytime I try to see something a little different from the year, I will to get a broader kind of look at everything. But I would recommend checking this out if you speak Japanese, because the AI subtitles are garbage. It is on the Internet Movie Archive if you're looking for it. So yeah, check it out. So the Patreon pick by my friend Jonathan Wilhelm was any um, Mondo Macabre release that you wanted to watch that you didn't get a chance to watch. So I picked 19, is this 76? I believe it is 76. The 1976 um, German movie, um, Bloodlust, a.k.a. Mosquito the Rapist. And I think this made the Section 3 video nasty list, if I'm not mistaken. And you know what? I actually really freaking enjoyed this one. I had heard about it for years. It's 77 here, so. Uh, Yeah, so the, the English dub is not very good, so I wouldn't recommend watching it there. I would recommend watching the German original language. So this is one of these movies that I just kind of love, right? These kind of weird kind of social rejected characters that are on that cusp of violence or that cusp of weird disorders. So Mosquito is basically, he's a mute. He doesn't talk. He, he doesn't, you know, they don't think he can uh, like hear or anything like that. So he's they call him deaf and dumb, right? So so what happens is he's just a very bizarre man that lives alone and he has a very strange fascination he lives kind of in this like this apartment where he has these dolls that he kind of focuses on reminds me of killer of dolls right um it's the spanish film from 76 77 around the same time great movie and he he has these these dolls not mannequins that one's mannequins but he's he's obsessed with them and and the kind of thing that he he's like um a necrophile if you will He's not a necrophiliac, but they call him mosquito for a reason. So over time, he starts to kind of go inside the tomb, right? And Geen at first, he's sucking blood, and then before long, he's gouging out eyeballs, and they're in the grotesque detail. And and he, eventually, it's just not enough. He keeps going in and taking more and more until he upsets the authorities. He ends up killing somebody in the process. Um, and uh, eventually, dead people are not kind of enough, and it, it escalates. Of course, it's not an all-around serial killer. It is a serial killer movie in the aspects like that, but, you know, it has some similarities to something like Necromaniac, Necromantic, you know, not Necromaniac, not the Ron Atkins, Necromantic, you know, the York Buccarat film. So it has some similarities to that, but I would put it in line with something kind of like Killer of Dolls or Dream No Evil, these kind of weird, kind of reclusive Norman Bates style characters that are outcast and they kind of just are on that cusp, that character study of being bizarre and and awful and I really liked it. Uh, It's totally up my alley. Um, The special effects aren't perfect but there's some grotesque imagery. He's a ghoul man. He's going in there and and drinking the blood and gouging the eyeballs out and eventually it's just only a matter of time before someone like this commits a murder you know like Ed Gein. So I I would really recommend checking out Mosquito the Rapist. That's what he signs all his murder his crime sprees as and this actor here is in stuff like the Cat O' Nine Tales. Um, He's in a bunch of movies. You'll recognize him. He just has that unique kind of german almost nazi like presence to be honest um he's really well done and there's this kind of small girl this kind of slow girl that lives in the apartment and she's she's an interesting character as well but i really like this one i guess this one's from switzerland I thought it was German, but it's in German and English, but we have Switzerland as the country here directed by, uh, Marianne, uh, Vaja. And, uh, so the special features are brand new 2k transfer from film negative exclusive interview with assistant director, exclusive interview with actress, Bridget Zamola. And the, uh, uh, assistant director is his son. So he remembers bringing this up and he actually, is like, I'm kind of surprised that this movie holds up. It's actually really good and really interesting. And you know, the effects aren't great, but you know, it holds up, it holds up. And I was happy to be a part of it. So yeah, mosquito, the rapist, I, I would recommend checking it out. It's definitely up my alley. Uh, and it's also a section three video nasty. So check that off the list. All right, let's get into these questions, comments, concerns. So basically what I asked, was there any movie that you could remember parts of and you could never remember the title? And uh, and I also said, if you didn't have one, name one that you forgot about for years and then eventually remember the title. So here we go. It's a lot of comments, so bear with me. Ember hey man, just wondering if you could provide any recommendations for good creepy horror films featuring mannequins outside the usual Taurus Trap Maniac remake. I, I recommended Hatchet for that. The Honeymoon and Killer of Dolls. Uh, and they, somebody comments, Killer of Dolls is brilliantly insane. That's KDM1472. Um, yeah, so Ember Wright comes back and says, thanks, man, watched Killer of Dolls yesterday. Just the kind of thing I was looking for. Absolutely batshit. Gonna check out Hatchet for the honeymoon now. Thanks again. No problem. Simpsons guy. I think the original thing from Another World is kind of underrated. Most people just talk about how much better the remake is, which it is, but I think many people forget how good the original is. Same thing with the original Fly, two of the best fifty sci-fi movies. The original Fly is, Fly is awesome um Kadum 1472 enjoyed the kinder trauma section uh selection hope to see more we got to look out for the next generation yes we do ken coakley i f- i liked final exam i watched it back in the early 80s but forgot a lot of it i bought the screen factory blu-ray when they hit when it, they had it just released it i thought it was a refreshing change of pace the killer wasn't a mystery he wasn't wronged by any of the victims he didn't drown as a little kid he didn't stab his naked sister on halloween he wasn't burned to death by his parents by parents he was he just was. The victims were merely the wrong place at the wrong time. Very uh, nihilistic, right? When I first heard you review and Final Exam, I confused that with Night School and Graduation Day. All three were 1981 films, and I called the School Slasher Trilogy. I like all those. I know that Student Bodies came out in 81, but it's comedy. Graduation Day is my favorite of the three because Christopher George, one of my favorite actors, and Linnea Quigley, my dream girl, were in it. I also have to come clean. I like the band that played at the roller rink. The guy in the front of the stage had me cracking up. Even on roller skates, he, could, he couldn't dance. Or he could dance, possibly? I don't know. I also like The Thing from Another World. I've seen it numerous times, but it was best uh, was in 2015 when I saw it at my local cinema on a huge screen. Black and White is amazing on the theater screen. It was also a change of pace seeing Kenneth Toby as a protagonist as he was was playing bad guys throughout the 70s in such films as Billy Jack, Walking Tall, Dirty Mary, Crazy Lady, and Mary, and many more. I do have a memory of a movie I saw when I was 5 or 6 at the drive-in twice. I only remembered a scene where the guy was with face like clay pulling a wig over it. I found out in 1998 while working at the video store, I discovered it was the abominable Dr. Fives. On the back of the box, the rating said GP instead of PG. I thought I had imagined GP rating. The movie I saw when I was five was an anthology of fairy tales told by Santa Claus, who was stranded on a beach in Florida. I remember the name of the film. uh, I remember the name of the film, no matter how silly the title was. It was called Santa and the Chocolate Bunny. I thought I had imagined it, but it was real. It's directed by Florida-based filmmaker Barry Man. Mann? McMahon? Um, Just Man. Who was a POW in a German camp during World War II and was partially the inspiration of Steamy Queen's Cooler King character in The Great Escape? Very cool information. Travis Lindskom. Always say final exam is one of my favorite standalone slashers. I love that movie. Justice for Radish. Slasher should be part uh hangout movie. It's just for the uh it, this is just uh slasher. Wait, Justice for Radish, Slasher should be part hangout movie. It's just this larger hangout than most. It works for me. Zach Nolan, 7562. There was a random short film that would come on in the early 80s. It opens with a woman taking a shower, her boyfriend is saying goodbye, but leaves his ventriloquist doll behind. Of course, this doll begins to chase down the girl around her apartment. At one point, she locks herself in the bathroom and looks under the crack. In the door, the doll's head is on the floor on the other side. of The doll's looking back at her. I was really creepy and always stuck with me. But I never remember the name of the show or short. There was something else like this about a man being stalked by mannequins. All this stuff was very creepy to me. Wish I knew what they these were. I think the 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 dummy one is just called the dummy or the ventriloquist. You can find it on YouTube. I'm pretty sure 82, if I'm not mistaken, somewhere around that early 80s. Um, Fat pig, the conqueror. I always remember a Sherlock Holmes parody with Pigman in it. Turns out it was a movie called Private Eyes starring Don Knotts, and they weren't Sherlock and Watson, but just generic detectives. I happen to see a picture on the dvd cover and it googled it and it was the movie still haven't watched it again another movie was getting lucky where a nerd finds a leprechaun in a beer bottle i remembered it being a genie i just happened to be on Tubi and clicked on it there's a scene i remember when some party animal kids it might be bikers are on the uh the highway and they all get toll booth um, they get it to a toll booth that is closed instead of turning around drive right through the wooden board that's supposed to stop them can't remember what movie it's from huh me either. Huts I know there's a lot of bikers in what, the, uh, any which way but loose or every which way you can. One, one of those uh, uh, Clint Eastwood ones. I don't know if that happens in it. Hudson 3838. There was three films I've been looking for for years and they were all something uncommon. Thanks to Google I found two of them. The first one was all I can remember was with a witch coming out of the lake and killing people and a priest versus a buzzsaw, which I now know is called Superstition. That's an 82 one. And second was a movie uh, was a man and woman driving along, crashing into a lake, and the woman gets his best by a witch and that was called She Beast. The third one i have no idea all i remember is there was a serial killer and he was hiding bodies of women or kids in the house that was under a lake and near the end uh, a man or woman swims down and finds the bodies i saw it years but the before the deep house so when i saw the trailer for the deep house i thought oh great they remade it but no don't ask what year i haven't got a scooby-doo me either on that one wasted time to control shop um, there was film where some karate guys fighting hell on a rope bridge. Still looking for that movie. King of kickboxers has a bloodstort vibe. Why is it hard to remember Kung Fu movies? The great video. Is it, is it a Shaw brothers one? Cause I feel like a lot of that stuff happened in early eighties, right? There's like a lot of those like, uh, that I watched, uh, Avengers from hell, all sorts of stuff like that one. That one's an anthology. I got to think, but there's one I watched like Shaolin, um, gate might've, or heaven in hell. There's a lot of these kind of weird, uh, you know Shaw Brothers once a, lib- a libertarian homosexual, and the award for the hottest movie year goes to the newly discovered Mister Parka. Thank you. Uh, collect uh, collectists I surprisingly enjoy, really enjoyed fifties. The fifties, the thing. Uh, along the day the earth stood still is still my favorite from that era. The Nick, Nick Mua, final exam, one of the first slashers I may upgrade to UHD soon. For now, I'm sticking with the German 2K release, which has two audio commentaries, one by the cast and one by the writer-producer. Very interesting. Question of the week. For the life of me, I can't find the title of this thriller flick. I think it's the late 80s, early 90s, one in which a woman is found barely alive after being attacked by a serial killer. The police are baffled she's alive, and a female detective, maybe a shrink, says she turned uh, uh, she turned of the whore and kept uh, Wildner from getting his fix. That's all I can recall. Help me Mr. Parker Kenobi you're my only hope. I seriously though any help is appreciated. My questions are there any recent crappy movies you wish to exercise from your brain but can't? Boy, I mean I don't know. I don't want to exercise them from my brain cuz then I might watch them again on accident. Would you agree the US politics are turning into a horse show is everybody overreacting? No, we're, we've lost our minds. Every well, the United States has lost their minds. If you had the all the money in the world, would you ever buy a Blu-ray, would you buy every Blu-ray there was? No. Wouldn't need to. I mean, I, if I wanted to watch it, I'd just buy it on the spot. Keep up the excellent work. Take care. Thank you. uh, KDM40, uh 1472 uh, Movie I've been dying to rewatch, but don't recall. is a late uh, 60s, early 70s Italian, maybe Spanish, I believe. Marketing exec or possibly stranded traveler visits atmospheric castle of CEO who is vampires of sorts. Ooh. That's tough. There's so many movies that that could be, right? Um, that's tough uh mj say there was a film where there was a fight on top of movie train at night i watched my dad in the late 90s it's not any of the ones list or compilations of popular movies that i looked up i mean you got stuff like runaway train and narrow margin and under siege 2 it's tough that's a tough one uh jason Bovey, the thing from another world blind spot confused uh daryl angelo hey um Or is it Darla? Darla Angelo. Hey, just wondering if you're reviewing the new Radiance Radiance films movie, Visible uh, Secret. I probably will. Mike Merriman, for your second category, teacher and students kidnapped by scary dudes in a clown mask, end up in a cave, watched this as a kid and terrified me, took me well into adulthood to track down the film. That's Fortress 85 and John Soloway, all from Australia. Uh, Okay, Mike Mitchell. It was sort of like Robocop. A scientist creates a suit to protect, I think, astronauts from space. He gets killed and his brain put in a suit. He seeks revenge, but the suit is damaged and anything he uh, anytime he is physically touched, he attacks the person. So um Salvador Funkestein guessed The Vindicator. That could be right. And then he also says there was some movie, maybe a sword and sorcerer fantasy or even medieval goon or villain who is near some blacksmith equipment, gets hot metal thrown at him, and reappears later with burns scars on his face. Also, not sure if the movie, but main character enter either an old castle or ruins with dead people covered in cobwebs. But the weirdest part was they were mum- they weren't mummified or fully decomposed yet. Not 100% sure they were from the same movie though. But they played on TV the very same night. Part with the goon looked like it. It was from 60s, maybe 70s. Not sure. David Chopping. Okay, saw this in the late 70s uh, or 1980. People travel in a blimp to the North Pole. Stuff happens. Hmm. Not sure. Cody Cooper. When I was a kid, I saw a movie that really freaked me out and don't know the title. It was a movie that took place on a farm and the animals could talk. And one of the scenes together in the barn around a pig who seemed to be the leader of the animals. Um, I cut it short on accident. JP Andrica says, yeah, um, Animal Farm has been done a few times. That's what he guessed. And Cody Cooper says, I figured that's what it thinks. So here we go. Uh, Michael uh, Soliers. I was very sheltered as a kid. Everything I watched was monitored, raised in a super religious household. But before my mom married a pastor and it got way worse, we lived with my grandparents and they would rent horror movies to watch after I was in bed. So I ended up seeing a pretty big amount of one of them. I had never seen a horror film um I had never seen a horror film before. I must have been around five-ish years old. I think I may have sneaked up and watched what I had seen of it. Anyway, the only thing I remembered in my five-year-old half-asleep brain was a guy who to me at the time looked like a homeless guy played by Christopher Lloyd in the Dennis the Menace movie for the 90s, who at some point is about to cut a guy open with a chainsaw and at the end gets zipped up in a body bag. Fast forward to about seven or so years back, I tend to blind spot, I probably have five hundred and i watch 12, I put in Screen Factor's Blu-ray of body bags with a friend I had at the time, uh, spoke highly of. Part of the way through, John Carpenter's character keeps saying and doing things that stuck in a cord in the head. Finally, I mentioned my friend and asked, at any point, did this character use a chainsaw on someone? And he did get zipped up in a body bag at the end. Here's responded that he did. With that answer, my excitement. Went through the roof because I had officially found the first horror film I ever watched. Sorry if it was a big long, bit long-winded. I just get excited thinking about how it turned out. No, that's great. Um, Rob, uh, Rob Kapinski. There's a film I remember as a kid. All I can say is that it's probably the late '70s, and the only thing I really remember about the ending, I think, towards the end, of survivors running through what seems to be a kind of maze maybe, fuck, I keep, I didn't put Seymour on there. Um, but J.P. Andrika says, is it black and white? There's an old movie of people in a maze at the end. A scary frog appears. And he says, I don't think it was black and white. I'm sure it probably was made for TV like an old ABC Mo- Monday night at the movies kind of thing. Uh, I also think creatures are sort of like mud creatures or something that was coming up from the ground. And uh, he responds, sounds like slime people, but it's black and white. Mindy King there was a horror film movie I watched as a really young kid it completely traumatized me I don't know exactly but this family went to Newtown everything was green all the foods were eaten and it was so weird to me that's uh, Troll 2 of course she remembered yep I was so excited when I found out and somebody responds, Lee Bishop, you don't piss on hospitality. I won't allow it. And then we have Stan Moreland. I have a mystery movie that nobody has ever been able to crack. I've been searching for the movie for over 40 years. When I was around three or four, probably 70, 72. I used to go to my parents' drive-ins. I usually fall asleep. And, God damn it, I forgot to do the Seymour. I'm not having a great week. Um, so I'll try to remember to do that next week. And he guesses the changeling uh, as a wheelchair, but I don't think it's that. Nicholas Holland. Um, I remember some uh, something getting regular uh, play on US uh, AT, uh Today in sci-fi in the early 2000s, they're shot in similar stuff like Cherry Falls that featured college students sent either by their boss or professor to either investigate a small community uh, or a rumor of cults. And he mentions like at the very end, there's like people in robes. I think it's lover's Lane. Personally, Carrie uh, Sonnenfeld, uh, I don't know what this movie was for years and finally figured it out when someone posted a review for it in 22 Shots. But when I was a kid, I was watching a TV movie with my mom about a family being haunted by a demonic spirit. I seen where the family is outside at a park somewhere and to see the demon follow them outside of the home always stuck with me as being terrifying. The demon was basically just a black shadowy figure. I watched the movie a few years ago and it didn't hold up as well, but it's still a solid TV movie. I also came to find out it was based off The Warren Case. And Mike Merriman says that sounds like the TV, the haunted TV movie from '91. Uh, and he remembers watching the premiere and of course that's right Joe uh, Grosino I just remember the girl got a, her necklace stuck in an escalator and was choked it's a horror movie no it's not Chopping Mall or Phantom of the Mall could it be The Initiation that takes place in a mall um, Ben Gaudet here's one I eventually found how many pages are there we gotta be getting close to the end I didn't got it in me I eventually found okay I remember my mother buying one of those cheap Walmart movies. Where are we at? Okay, um, Walmart movies back uh, back when I was extremely young, around three or to five. And it had a lot of trash on it except for one movie that scared the living hell out of me. An anthology. Creepshow style. And the first story I remember, a humanoid monster that lived in the ceiling of an elementary school and killed people. I also remember a short where a lady ordered a from a KFC style fast food place and got a deep fried rat. I was so scared by this movie I had nightmares and refused to use public bathroom when I was a kid. Then around 10 or 12 years later this movie randomly came to mind. I did some research and eventually found out it was the Willies. That's a, that's a fun one. This movie will always hold a special place in my heart for scaring the crap out of me as a kid. Dennis uh, Record. It was an old TV show maybe one step behind where a small smudge on the wall becomes this bigger smudge with cleaning and eventually revealing a corpse and a murder. Sounds cool. Gabriel, I remember a newer mid-budget for early 2000s movie. A woman and a couple friends break into a cabin at some abandoned summer camp. I remember a jump scare with a snake inside the cabin. No, it's not a lot to go on, but it, it, I can't remember much more. JP and I'd say Friday the 13th because they find a snake in the cabin and kill it with a machete, but that's 1980. And Gabe says, it's, I definitely remember that one. Dexter Aruda. I watched the last half of one streaming years ago and never been able to find it. Some people are in a home invasion situation in a cabin home and are forced to do horrendous things to each other. And there's a scene where, fuck, and uh, somebody basically guessed uh, Funny Games and uh, my friend Brittany Steele guesses is it Vile from 2011 I don't remember the ending though okay it could be um, somebody also says Mother's Day Reboot uh, JP and there was one on the USA back in the day. I just remember a woman lying nude in the forest with wolves howling, like she had some connection to nature. I think possibly attacked a family member, maybe a kidnapped a kid. I thought it was a baby monitor sound of fear, but it doesn't match up. Brittany Steele says 1990 uh, from the um, says the Guardian, and I think it is the Guardian actually. I remember that Matthew Hudson, not uh, a horror movie, but while I was in Germany, there was a movie on TV which was all in German. I can't exactly explain it to to me, but the this the was a seven with a what but. There was a seven with a giant joint and a scene with a giant vibrator. It ended with the main character using some sort of pheromone that caused a bunch of overweight women to crush him to death. Huh. You know what? That almost sounds like Dr. Dr. Heckle Mr. Hype. Because there is a weird scene where a bunch of heavy women crush him to death with a pheromone. i um, still not sure what the fuck it was, but I'm looking for the answers for years. Rakish Brown, zombie jumps out of TV screen and eats people while watching a zombie movie. That's got to be video dead. Um, let's hop into the update. It's going to be rather quick. So I had a whole fiasco with this bad boy. So I ordered it from uh, Arrow. It got lost in the mail, and I did a customs report. They just sent a new one, and then the new, the old one was found. They took that back before I got it. You know, it was shipped back to them. But I didn't wait because I thought it was going out of print, and I didn't think I was going to be able to get one. So I ordered a Hellraiser um, uh, Quartet of Torment uh, 4K. Um, And this is the Pinhead version. I should have a Chatterer, and then I'll sell this one if that shows up. But yeah, so what we have here is, yeah, this one right here has all four, uh, the first four uh, Hellraiser films on it, the first one in 4K, all four of them on here. So Hellraiser, Hellraiser, Hellbound, Hellraiser 2, Hellraiser 3, Hell on Earth, and Hellraiser 4, Bloodline. It's really exciting. A bunch of features on here. Anyways, I'm a big fan of the first two Hellraisers. 3 is okay, 4 has some interesting stuff. But yeah, so anyways, we're gonna get out of here, guys. Hopefully you like the update and yeah wish me luck all right guys thank you very much for watching and as always have a good one